You need two things for an award-winning art film. One is an overhyped actor, and two is extremely long, boring shots. In fact, sometimes you don't even need that. Sometimes all you need is a student film with an overhyped, overly paid actor and somebody that forgets to press the pause button. That's how you make an award-winning art film. Welcome back to Netflix Therapy, where we review only original Netflix films. We're your hosts, Danny and Dirty, and we give you in-depth ratings, semi-expert opinions, and interesting facts about each film. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't joined us before, this is a show where we review Netflix-only originals. We give movie stats, movie facts, our feelings, and provide you with a little dose of film therapy. This week's film was The Power of the Dog. Plots overview, a dominating rancher responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son, until the unexpected comes to pass. Hmm. It comes to pass. Uh-huh. <laughs> the cast consists of Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Phil Burbank, Kirsten Dunst, yeah, Kirsten Dunst as Rose Gordon, Jesse Plemons as George Burbank, and Cody Smith-McPhee. Smith? Did you delete the H? I did delete the H. Smith McPhee as Peter Gordon. If you notice, there's only That's... Burbanks and Gordons in this film, and then once they get married, they're all related. So it's really just a relative film in Montana on a ranch. But filmed in... But filmed in... New Zealand. New Zealand. Director was Jane Campion. She directed uh, Top of the Lake, Bright Star, and The Piano. Have you seen any of those? No, but I did see that this is the second film where she's had several men carry a piano as one of her scenes. Was the other one the piano? The piano, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, it's it was it? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, um, here we go. Some movie stats about the film. It was released on June 26th, 2020, but didn't get to Netflix till recently, this year, right? Yeah. Oh, like a few weeks ago. Yeah. But that's when it was released originally? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Budget was $35 million. The runtime is 2 hours and 3 minutes. Ratings, it's 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. This is what shocked me. Is it got 93% around Tomatoes, 89% on Metacritic, but 71% on Google reviews. This is the first film where it switched. It flip-flopped. It flip-flopped. This is the highest Rotten Tomatoes film we've ever reviewed. Yeah. By far. 93%. Yep. And lowest Google, well, probably the lowest Google review we've done, right? They're usually yeah, in the 80s. they're always super high. So there it is. Um, we'll just start with uh, with you, uh, Danny. What are what are your three words for this film? Ooh. Uh, I use the word long in way too many films. <laughs> but this one was long. This one was artsy uh, because it was an art film. I didn't know that going in. I just watched it, and then halfway through, I was like, yeah, this is an art film. Well, the trailer doesn't show it either, so... No, the trailer... Do you remember the movie Super 8? Yeah. Where you're like, I have no idea what's going on? Uh-huh. I kind of felt that way in this one. Except Super 8 was a lot more just, I have no idea what it is. This was like... <laughs> I was like, Western, good. And then I watched it, I was like, I don't know if this is a Western. <laughs> so, those are two. My third one... Uh, you know, I want to say Unexpected... But it was unexpected for all of the wrong reasons. Oh. Like, I expected, and I'm not giving my review, but I, I knew the end probably an hour before it happened. 
but I did not understand the characters, if you know what I mean, until the very end. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the characters, I was like, I don't know why you're, I don't know why you're here. I don't understand you. But then at the end, I was like, ah, this makes sense. Those are my three words. Tell Interesting. Me what you think. Oh, I'm interested to see how that trans translates to your rating later. My scorecard. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are kind of vague and off-putting words. Off. <laughs> <laughs> I I I uh I'm up in the air um with my words. My first one is hyphenated um long haul because like I feel like also long long haul. It's different than it being long. The long haul is because you have to, it's really, it is long, but it's not like long for me, but it feels long. But I feel like if you don't watch a good hour into it and you quit, you're going to have no idea what's going on. Even, I mean, even if you watch the whole movie, you don't know what's going on. But if you cut out any time before it's over, you're completely lost. I was completely lost the entire film. Yeah, but imagine (laughs) if you hadn't finished it, it would be like, how would I just watch? And it's not, it's like, it. you have to actually like finish it. Yeah. Like, not like an hour and 50, what is it? Two hours and... Something minutes. It's two hours and three minutes. If you did two, if you did an hour and 58 minutes, you still wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> All the answers are at the end. <laughs> the last three minutes. Which is kind of fulfilling, but also, yeah, you just need Annoying. to be prepared to go through all of it. Right. Um, the next word I have is also hyphenated, and it's jungle cruise. Did you see Jungle Cruise? Yeah. In the movie? I, it's the... You felt like this was related? Um, kind of. The George Burbank. I just couldn't oh, think of him. Oh, you thought he played the gay brother in, in uh, Jungle Cruise. No. George Burbank is the German submarine guy. <laughs> well, I think they were kind of the same, though. They no, they were similar characters. He, no, he was ex- like just exceptionally pompous in Jungle Cruise. And this one, he's like little words, character, and his voice is like ten times deeper than in Jungle Cruise. So every well, time he, cowboy. every time he talked, it threw me off completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then my last word, which is also hyphenated, is uh, well made. And well, I don't mean. I mean, again, don't want to go into the opinions. But I don't mean in, like, the sense that, like, it was my favorite movie ever. But I will admit that, like, cinematography-wise, lighting-wise, even directing screenwriting is, like, pretty overall, like, technically good. Well, according to all of the reviews except for Google reviews, that is accurate. Yeah. So it's, like, I don't know. I will acknowledge that it's, like, like you said, it's an art film. So it's made really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily my favorite. But it's made really, really well. All right. Let's stop. I just saying. I don't want to hear your reviews. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wanna tell I wanna tell amazing facts about the film, and I'm gonna start with one. All right. In okay. this film <laughs> Are you okay to move on? Yes, like it's I... fine. <laughs> just go ahead. All right. Out of water. Fine. Uh, Kirsten Dunst played in this film. She also played in Spider Man. That's the only other film I've seen her in. Um that could just be my lack of film culture. I haven't seen her. She's anything. in another one. I but I can't. It's not coming to mind either. But it's okay. Yeah, Spider Man. Mary Jane back. Watson. Yes. Okay. Yes, Mary Jane. We won't refer to her. Kirsten Dunst. So she's, but Rose. Her name's Rose. Okay? Rose Gordon. But we're talking about Kirsten Dunst. Oh my god. We're gonna cut all of this. Okay, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I'm keeping it all. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst and Ben Cumberbatch were so into their characters that they didn't speak to each other during the entire film. Other than when they had parts together. And I don't know if you noticed, 
they hate each other, and it's so believable. And true. Like, he walks in the room, and she just, just shrivels up, just, <laughs> you know? And then when he's whistling, playing the song, he's whistling the song that she can't play on the piano. True, yeah. That he can play on the banjo, yeah. and she just drinks herself to death, just... I can't handle this. Like, <laughs> true. You can tell they hate each other. I just, I don't. I okay. I, I saw that. I see the fact. Like, it, I that was they played the characters really well, and Kirsten Dunst really does seem like a crazy person the entire film. Like, oh, it doesn't seem like she's nuts, acting. Though. Yeah, it seems like that she's, she's just gone. being herself, <laughs> she which is I hope gone. is not herself. <laughs> Kirsten, we're worried about you. <laughs> oh, but I, I don't know why they're angry at each other. Like. What was their motivation not speaking to each other while they're filming? Like, I can see them being really good at that, but, like, I would need a motivation to hate the person I'm being a character against. We need to look into if they just generally hate each other. <laughs> like, and this wasn't part of the film. Here's the outside of filming. <laughs> and they justified it through this film. But I don't understand. Like, as Like, what was with them? I don't know. Is it because she was afraid that... Did she knew that he was? Because I was assuming that she would have like had a past with him during the movie. Well, Rose has no past. Yeah, so. but I thought I thought they would have. Because why <laughs> no else would she be scared of him? There's no reason. Because I know I know like a general theme is the toxic masculinity. Yeah, I saw that too. And like you know this, Phil's trying to be this overwhelming dictator of manlyhood and like dominates every scene he's in and like is kind of brash and mean yeah and so like i get why she hates him but she hates him more than anyone else yeah Rose and so hates is it like Phil. i thought it was like some sort of sexual past or whatever oh but i did they never really yeah and it's, then because like her brother married her so it would have been like ah it's in the bonus scenes yeah but like i don't know but <sighs> does she know he's gay and doesn't want her son to be with him because like or is it just like she's just afraid <laughs> she's of gonna turn he's gonna turn my son gay like she's like no! gay enough i don't want to be more <laughs> gay <laughs> I just, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand her character in general. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. What? Take a fat pause. No. I was going to introduce this. What? Who is Rose? What is her character? <laughs> I don't want this to be the whole review. I don't want this to be my feelings. But Rose, Fine. why are you in this film? Other than needing a female character because her bro- the brother's got to get married, why is Rose in the film? She's just an alcoholic that hates this guy for no reason. Yeah. Justify it. No, no, no. You've got to combat with me. You can't agree with me on this I one. I agree with that no, specific... No, but I don't like Rose, and I don't know why she's there. <laughs> don't help me understand. Wait, no. Help me understand. <laughs> I think... Okay, okay. I try to gather some facts. Not facts, but, like, my own analysis of it. I don't know who she is. Like, I thought the story would have was going to be about her and George... And it's because like romantic, like, yeah. Because and... he puts the hang, like the the napkin on his hand and goes cute. out. That was cute. just like her son. So he's like helping around the house and everything, and she's like happy that he's helping, and but like she cries to him. Yeah, and then like they get married, and they go to the mountains. Well, they dance. Yeah, they dance, yeah. and then he's like, "What do you say?" I had it written down. I think I had it written. Oh yeah, George is crying in the mountains with Rose, and he says it's good not to, to not be alone. That's so like, a, but that's an interesting statement because he's always with his brother. He is never alone. And then when he's married, he's never with her. He's gone like yeah, the he last half of the film. Dips. He's gone. So I don't understand why like George is confusing, but Rose is more confusing because he's gone and then she stays and then she's an alcoholic for some reason, hiding liquor everywhere. And like it talks about like her husband was a drinker and he killed himself. 
So like maybe she's just seen what he did and is but like But she wasn't that hoping. depressed before she met him. Yeah. <laughs> like she got married and got more depressed and it doesn't make sense. We're spending way too much time on this. And why does why does Phil hate her? I don't know, they just hate each other. Well, unless Phil really but Phil is obsessed with his brother. Obsessed. Like every time they walk into a room he's like, Where is uh George? Where's George? All the time. Where's close? And she is the wedge. <laughs> she is dividing them. See, that's the only thing I could think of. Is because, like, the first, I would say, half the film is about their relationship. Like, George seems like the sympathetic, sympathetic one. And He's Phil isn't. Nice. And then it, like, almost flips. And it seems like George is only focused on society and his stance with, like, everyone else. Improving the farm. It seems like his wife was just just for a piano. Like, that was... <laughs> She I was got that sense. just a status symbol. Like it was just We're having the mayor over. Please learn a song now. Learn the song now. And then when she doesn't play, I've never felt more awkward watching a film in my life. Yeah. She doesn't even try. She plays like one thing. I'm like, oh, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. She got nothing. And I think that's <sighs> and you don't see George and her ever talk really after that. I think that was like a did. It just kind of divided them. You play the. I married you to play the piano. Yeah, literally. You can't play the piano. I swear to. You better leave. It just yeah. So they switch. They just seem to be like the the roles are different. But, and, Ro- but Rose has no role. Yeah, that's the problem. Of, of has, Phil and George, they switch. No Ro- Rose is just there. Yeah. Rose is someone Phil can take out his anger on. But like even Phil and George, I feel like. Do you remember the scene where they sleep in the bed together? He, like, goes back. How could I forget? He, he, I don't know if this is symbolic, but Phil is under the sheet and George is on top. Did you notice that? It could be just me looking (laughs) with, like, an English major weird (laughs) kind of... But, like, I think Phil is under the sheet was was a sign that he's hiding something and that George isn't. And that George is a surface level character, but he has no depth. But as we go through the film, Phil has more depth. Like, he went to Yale, and he's a super smart guy. Yeah, that was weird. But he's a cowboy for some reason. No reason at all. Yeah. Well, because this hero is a cowboy. Yeah. But you get these like little, like little pieces of Phil throughout, even though you see George all the way up front. Like Phil when he does like the weird hula hoop scene with Peter, he like goes outside. He's like hula hooping. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> okay. But Peter's doing the hula hoop, and at the same time, Phil is in the diner spinning his chair, and then he slams it down. So there are these like little tiny film symbolism. I hope they mean motifs. something because you're reading into this quite a bit. I'm just saying it's like because then you're like, okay, that was my first time to me is that like Phil and him were gonna have a connection because I didn't know anything about the movie but going into it. But when I saw the hula hoop and the chair, I was like, they're gonna have a connection later. Did I think it was gonna be what it was? No. Oof. Talk about a connection. Yeah. We'll get to that point though. I have to the facts. final love scene. I have. <laughs> I love hatred. Um, so, first fact right off the bat. Um, Rose and Phil, not Phil, Rose and George are married in real life and they have two kids. So, Aww. their love was easily made in the film because it actually exists. I didn't feel like it was, though. I couldn't tell. I was like, you guys don't love each other. Maybe that's how it is in real life. Maybe. That would be sad. Kirsten does Here's, a drunk all the time. Kirsten does. Are you a drunk? Please let us know. Second thing... This was a, and I, and I loved Phil. I don't know how you felt about Phil. Well, not really Phil. I Phil was a jerk. I loved Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. He did so good. 
He did. He did so good. And here's a, here's one little movie fact about him. Oh, this is so nasty. To get into character, Phil Bar- So he's always smoking. Phil is always smoking. I don't know if you know that in every film. He's <laughs> yeah. rolling one. Yeah. Every film. I don't know if that's how cowboys were. I don't know. But to get into character, Benedict Cumberbatch would... Oh, this is a second. Well, this is actually, it's all part of one. Benedict Cumberbatch didn't wash for almost two weeks outside of the shoot, and he looked dirty. He looked so (laughs) nasty. He looks dirty. It's like, especially when George told him to take a shower, he's like, please get bathed up, you know. And then he took offense to that. His nibs is here. His nibs nibs will take offense. I just kept thinking of Twizzler nibs the whole scene. I was like, oh. But he started chain smoking for this film. Wow. And although he had smoked in real life for years, he felt sick after each take when he smoked a rolled up joint. He went as far to say, he went as far with chain smoking as he got nicotine poisoning three times. Oh this man was committed to the cigarette. He was committed to the character. And I got to respect him for that. And he was a nasty character. And they actually, one of the reasons they cast him, the director decided like she needed someone that was that could play the scenes that she wanted in, like, a sacred manner. That's the word she used, sacred. Sacred. Like, any of the bathing scenes oh. where he's naked or the handkerchief scene. That was weird. Yeah. What it, was with that? that Do was, you know what that is? Yeah, that was Bronco Henry's handkerchief. He's just rubbing it, it over his face. It had BH, the initials on it. Oh, I didn't catch so that. So he was just rubbing a dirty handkerchief all over him. Which is probably cleaner than him, actually. Probably. I watched a little light clip of uh, this. Also deals with the final scene, but the the director uses the word erotic a lot in her interviews. Erotic. Erotic, and I think that handkerchief scene was very that way. How can you be erotic with a handkerchief? Be- it's just <laughs> act it out for me, dirty. No, show me. It's like how people keep pieces of their lovers. Like obviously, like you're like, why is he doing that? And you're like, oh, it's because he's homosexual. And then you understand a little bit it's better. A closet homosexual. Yeah, but like, just I, he just has weird attachments to things. To that this guy. Out. Yeah. You never even see him. Which I'm glad. It's kind of cool. It's like this. You never see a picture. Yeah, maybe he's it's made just up. this idea. Yeah. I don't think he's made up. Well, George acknowledges <laughs> that he's real. That's true. But... Well, and everyone at the first of the movies talking about Bronco Henry and this amazing guy or whatever. Bronco Henry. But he's like, yeah. One thing, too, is with that, um, did you know that it's based off an uh, actual true story? This is It's a book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a book by the same name, Power of the Dog. Which is a Bible verse. Yes. Psalms 2220. Look at you. Which reads, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Mm. So I didn't want to interpret that because I didn't have enough brain power. I don't So I just enough. looked it up. Oh. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you could. So this is what the director said, Capion. Yes. She said, the atmosphere is full of guts and anguish and blood and suffering. And in a way, sexuality is like human suffering. As the title stands, it's kind of a warning. The power of the dog is all those deep, uncontrollable urges that come and destroy us. You know? No. Well, she says, you know, I'm not asking. That's quote. Close quote, you know. So that's what it means. Was it bloody at all? I mean, his hand got cut, and the and he cut those was bull dead. testicles off. Ugh, bare hand. Uh, you gonna do that without a glove? <laughs> <laughs> cuts it right off. Yeah, but it is adapted from the 1967 novel of a guy named Thomas Savage, mm. and so he was secretly gay. Also grew up in Montana. Also in the 1920s. So like parts of his life are like imbued in it, 
in Phil and Peter's right. characters. Right. Obviously, it's not like play by play. This is his life, but it mirrors more Peter than Phil. I guess that's what Capion yeah. says. I don't know. Well, the funniest, and I they probably did this on purpose. I'm just realizing this now, <laughs> is that George comes across as really gay. Like the first, <laughs> does he not? He's well, really feminine. The first, like the first like half of the movie, but then it turns out that Phil is. And I think True. they did that on purpose, like over masculinity is masking the fact that he is a closet homosexual, whereas like Phil is open about how, how feminist he is, not feminine, but like how feminine he is. And then it turns out, you know, he marries somebody and he's not that way. I think that's a lot. It, like, I agree with that, too. It's because like the overcompensating of the toxic masculinity theme right. or whatever. Right. But even uh, what are the names they call him? I had written down some. Oh, they called him Little Roy Fauntleroy. Do you remember that? No. Uh, Who? Uh, Peter. I mean, Phil. Phil calls... George. Peter that. Oh, A bunch of people call Peter that. Little Roy Fontero. You know what that means? No. It means spoiled, neatly dressed, and pompous. So I think that kind of goes with George. Is like, you just see him as like, he's fancier, or he's got nicer clothes, or Peter always has those nice shoes on. Yeah. And then later in the movie, they call him a Nancy. You know what Nancy means? No. She means you're gay. They also called him a faggot. Yeah, well, that was more direct. Yeah, picked up that they one. Called him, that one was. <laughs> so yes, they called him Nancy. They called him Little Roy Fauntleroy. So it, it, I think that does match uh, what you're talking about, George. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that with Phil at all because he doesn't even bathe. And it's interesting. The only time he is ever bathed is when he's alone. He never does it really alone. And so he's dirty around everyone else, but around himself. With that handkerchief, he's uh, as clean uh, as a whistle. Uh, I don't know. That scene, I feel like... We need. We can't talk about that scene without first talking about the mud scene. We've got to bring it up. I don't want to... I try to avoid most weird, awkward scenes. This one must be touched on. Uh... You must tell me how you felt watching Benedict Cumberbatch play around naked in the mud, um... completely nude. <laughs> well, I saw, like, brief nudity. I was like, okay, that's probably... I don't know. We can't talk about this. I assumed it would be girl parts. That's what it usually is in movies. I'm not just... But, like, in this movie, it was... Uh, like, as soon as I saw his, like, top half naked, I was like, oh, god, Don't go down. And I was watching it with down. some other people, and it started going down. And I was like, girl, no! go away. No! And then that was right when the scene where he, like, is putting the mud up his body, and oh, it kind of yes. just flops down. Right there. I was like... <laughs> I was like, now I know what he looks like completely naked. No. I've got the whole no. Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberjunk all over. <laughs> and so, like, I just can't. You got the Cumberjunk? <laughs> I got Cumberjunk on my mind, man. I, just... I can't get it out. I don't know if you had the same feelings towards it. I loved it. Oh, <laughs> that's great. No, I loved it, too. This uh... film is about embracing your sexuality. I'm good. I, I mean, I'm good with doing that. I just don't want to be filmed. You know? <laughs> I just... Uh, going along with that, though, my favorite scene it was... was that one? No, no, no. <laughs> the funniest... My favorite scene, not based on technical merit or anything, All right. is basically just on what I enjoyed the most. Um, not this part, but he's when he's naked again, also oh, bathing. But he's, like, yes. covered by the water, so you okay. don't see everything. Sure. And then you see uh, Peter. He sneaks up on him yeah, in the river. Peter does. And he's, like, watching him. And that then was weird. Phil notices, and he says, get out of here, and he starts running at him, and he's naked, and he's, like, climbing out of the river. <laughs> Favorite scene. Just really? comedic value. Uh, just him, <laughs> a naked Benedict Cumberbatch running after, after Peter. 
I just thought it was brilliant. But then the next time they meet, isn't that when he starts helping him with the rope? Is yeah. that the next scene? I, th- I don't know if it's the next next scene, but it's still like right That's after. The, no, the next time they see each other, mm-hmm. he just acts like none of it happened. And then he's like, I'm going to take you under my wing. Yeah, and he's all nice to him. Yeah. After he yells at him to go away. He says, get lost. It just flips. I mean, I feel like he already knew. I mean, it's just like... Once they find out more about who he actually is, then he, like, takes him on. He's like, I'm actually gay, too. And then they build a relationship. I don't know why he just... I, he knew from the start. I don't know why is he switched. Is his son, though? Peter's not gay. Is Peter's, he? Peter's gay. Really? What? Is it explicitly said? Peter Gordon? Yeah. Of course he's son. gay. The son is. Yes. This he's, is all news to me. What do you mean he's... Like, I had feelings. I just didn't think they outset it like they did with Phil. No one, no one outset anything in the film. All right. Of course Peter let, is. This, 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 he's this, feminine the just, entire film. Just let me tell you my favorite scene. Okay. Okay. And then I want to talk about the love scene at the end because it's very symbolic. <sighs> Fine. Right. My favorite scene by far is when Phil and Peter are together. They just got done snapping that rabbit's neck. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if Phil's going to be like, because he's stroking. No, not Phil. Peter's like stroking him, you know. He's stroking the rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's a soft guy. He's not going to. And then just <laughs> broke his neck, <laughs> threw the rabbit. He's done. And I was like, man, that was powerful. But then they proceed to have a conversation where Peter tells Phil about his dad dying and how he hung himself. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite scene. They have, There's this moment where you see, I think this is where it happened, where Phil respects like he starts to respect peter and i think it's right when peter tells him that he cut his dad down from hanging on the tree and then brings him i don't know inside or whatever Hmm. and i'm like that is a gut-wrenching story like how could you even the dude's hanging there you cut him down and then he just he just like he doesn't tear up or anything he just says it like how it is and i think it catches phil more off guard than than peter does explaining it Interesting. So I loved that. I was like, that was strong. I, uh, Peter's a strong man. I like that a lot better than my scene. I think that's a lot more thought out and moving <laughs> than just someone running out of naked. Right. I think, okay, that actually kind of goes along with the love scene at the end. At least what I wanted to say. I watched also a thing about the director talking mm-hmm. about that scene. Because I was like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I had an idea. Right. But it was interesting how she talked about it. Because, like you said, it's almost like a power dynamic changes when he tells that story. Because yeah. Phil's mean to everyone. He's the tyrant, beating everyone up. But he, like, starts to respect Phil more and more. And so the love scene... Peter. Peter. Was it said? Yeah, he starts respecting Peter more. Yeah. yeah Phil yeah. starts respecting Peter. Yeah. Um, and then there's that love scene in the barn. So that's when she starts using the word erotic. Like, she's, like, he's going over to Bronco Henry's saddle, and he's stroking oh. it. Oh. And then... That's to, when they're sharing the cigarette. Uh-huh. And then to Phil, seeing that is going to be, like is, like, his way of flirting with him because he's, like, touching, being careful with something that's so precious to Phil. Oh, my gosh. And then the power dynamic shifts when he's telling the story and it's short dialogue and he's like, you guys were naked together? Him and Bronco? Yeah. And and you're like, oh. And then you, like, start to realize what's going on and then he shares a cigarette and that's when the power dynamic changes. And, like, it's in Phil's court. Yeah. And then Peter's court. And they make love. What? It's not on the thing, but they have sex. What? Yeah. No! What? It's implied. It's, no! The film's implied, but... No! It's, like, said by the director a bunch and, like, other people. But he still kills him. He, on, on purpose. 
He totally did it on purpose. No, he didn't. You don't think Peter killed Phil on purpose? No. Peter totally killed him on purpose. Why would he kill him on purpose? Because he planned it. He went up to the... He took the horse up the canyon no. when everybody's making fun of him, and then he cut up the dead... I No, I'm onto this. No, he just saw... He, the... No, he cuts it up. He cuts up the cow to bring back... As part of his plan, because if a few scenes earlier, he asked Phil, he said, Phil, are there any, like, what are the animals dying from up here? Are any of them dying? And then he says, yeah, he's dying of this disease. So then Peter goes out of his way to find an animal that is dying of that sickness, purposely cuts it up, and then waits until Phil cuts himself. And then that's when he asks for a rope to be made. No. He no. killed him on purpose. No, all the, if the hides weren't burned by his mom, there would be no reason to, he would not take. But the then, why would he go up and get a, a sick cow's? Because he uh, he's a freaking weirdo. No, he, he did anatomy no, he on a did bunny it on purpose. He dissected a he bunny. He did it on purpose. No, he did not. He purposely killed him. You have some weird off-brand opinion of this movie. No. Find any reliable source they, to me where they killed, say that he was a jerk to him all film. Why would he not try and kill him? Why would he? He's not going to kill someone. And how would he know that anthrax would kill him through his cut? Because it's through infection. He wasn't cut by the time he collected then why, the cow Then carcass. why were there all those scenes where he's like cutting up animals and he's <sighs> dissecting them? Because he's understanding anatomy so that he can eventually attack Phil. <sighs> we will debate this until we die. A film theory episode next time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's back. About how malevolent <laughs> is Peter and did he kill <laughs> Phil Burbank? He's a weird guy. I'm sure Peter. All right. I didn't hate Peter as a character. Not because he was gay, but because he was just weird. He was weird. He was weird. I'm not homophobic. I just think he's a weird character. How about we just go to our final comments? Let's do it. You go first. Give me a rating. Give me <laughs> thoughts. Okay. Because I'm definitely not going first with you. <laughs> I have to win back your trust after that one. Yes. Okay. I originally was going to say that the best part of the film was seeing Benedict Cumberbatch naked rubbing mud on himself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we've, we're mature enough to move past that one. I bet that's the reason you're giving it ratings. <laughs> Honestly, Phil was awesome. And he was kind of cool. But he was a sexual predator in my eyes. And I was afraid of every time Peter went near him. It okay. scared me. They were scary. Hey, that, you're probably... Okay. Kirsten Dunst had the same feeling. But besides that, oh yeah, Rose definitely did. <laughs> she is freaking Rose out. Okay, beyond that, I just had to say that. I get that out of there. The movie is slow. The okay. movie is slow. It's long. It, like I said, it's full of long takes. And like I said, it's an art film. But could they have summed up the movie in 15 minutes? Like the entire film could have been 15 <laughs> minutes long? I think so. And... The previews make it out to be this massively dramatic film that's just full of all of this action. There's no action. And yeah. it and according to different theories, <laughs> there was or was not purposeful murder. Oh and I, I liked it because I felt like he purposely did it. I was on Peter's side. But hearing different opinions. So that's fine. overall, uh I loved Benedict Cumberbatch. And because of that, I give it a 24 out of 37. It was a good art film. That is low, though. But it was it was slow. And I really don't... Those kind of films, I have a hard time justifying it being two hours and three minutes. So it's low mainly based on 
the enjoyability enjoyability yeah. of watching it. I don't know how to say that. Basically, yeah. Like yeah. I didn't. I think that I had false expectations going in based off of the preview, and mm. although it was a really good film, I don't think they really made it to look like it was an art film, mm. and I was not ready for an art film. Tell me false advertising. That's... Yes. Okay. Um, biggest thing I think that you got going for them is Phil. Phil's amazing. Yeah. So good. Well, you thought he was a sexual predator, so not amazing as a person, well, but acting-wise. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's a lot of development, because I already said George doesn't change at all, which is mm-hmm. fine. I don't think he's meant to. I think the story's about Phil, and so I think it's moving, and I th- it's one of the films where I feel like it's very intellectually engaging. For all its craziness, it, like, demands you to figure it out. It doesn't yeah. tell you anything. Like, you get you know, no backstory. Yeah. No, no backstory. backstory. You don't even see what these certain characters look like or what their pasts are. Right. You just hear what you would hear if you were <clears throat> thrown into it. So, like, I think that's cool. And, like, scenes like Phil and George where Phil starts to cry when George and Rose are having sex. Like, yeah. you're like, why? And, like, all this anger and stuff. Like, you were like, why is this, like, why is he so cynical about love? Like, why does he beat the horses after oh, they're married? Oh, yeah. Why does he call Rose a cheap schemer? And, like, why is he, like, so against Rose? I think that's more against because he's, like, hates love. Yeah. So, like, I think that's really cool. I think Phil's awesome. I think I did not like Rose, but I feel she was a good actor. I don't understand anything about her, but she acted well for being crazy. No, yeah, she played it well. Yeah. And, like, having the piano music while she had her gloves and freaking out, like, the piano music was crazy, which is symbolic of her, like, piano. So I thought that was cool. So, overall... Um, I think it keeps interest. I think it's intellectual. I think it makes people participate. You still think about it after a day or two. Yeah, You're I still did. like, what is happening? Like, what happened? So, all those things considered, I'd probably get a 30. Wow. Just because... You movie... can reconsider. No. <laughs> I'm not saying that because I'm saying it's a 30, like, this is a great movie to turn on if you're bored. Right. But if you're, like, really wanting to watch a movie and you want, like, technical expertise and want to think about something, I feel like it's really good. But I'm docking seven points because I did not go into it thinking the same thing. The trailer and everything does not build up for that. And so, um, overall, seven points are docked. It's not the easiest to watch. It's kind of hard to watch. But for the, like, the expertise put into it and the questions it asks, I think it's good. And I think it's a little cheesy sometimes. I think they play the biases or the stereotypes a little bit too much, but... That's basically it. 30. 30 or 37. I would recommend it, but older audiences and to people who like film. If it's just like a random person that's like getting into movies and is like, I want to study them more, this is kind of a long one. Which is interesting for a Netflix original. Yeah. yeah. Which isn't traditionally that. It felt like an indie film, yeah. honestly. Which I think it was. True. It was. It's like New Zealand, random um, film festivals and stuff at the end. So. so thank you for listening today and we will see you next time.